Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. In this episode, our theme verse comes from Genesis 32:12. At the beginning of Genesis 32, Jacob sends out messengers before him to his brother Esau. The last time these two spoke to one another, they parted ways on very bad terms. So when Jacob's messengers come back to him and report that Esau and 400 men are coming to meet him, Jacob was understandably afraid. What Jacob then does is that he begins to pray. It is crucial to know that Jacob qualifies his prayer based on God's unmerited favor or loving kindness. In the King James Version of Genesis 32.10, Jacob then says to God, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. Truly, this is the posture that all great prayers made by titans of faith have assumed. That posture is one of undeserved humility before an awesome God. When a needy creature prays to an all-sufficient Lord, we enter into his presence and make petitions based upon God's grace alone. With that said, I want to draw your attention to something that Jacob does next, because he does something very specific that makes his prayer effectual. In verse 12, Jacob continues and then says to the Lord, And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Notice what Jacob does here. He qualifies his prayer based upon God's already revealed promises. So, the first point to make is that the type of prayer that God hears uses God's own promises. In other words, we don't rely on our petitions, but rather we make petitions based on the things God has already promised us. Seen in this light, no one ever asks God for anything outside of His will because they use His own promises, which are already known to be in His will. So, in using a strategy of specific, promised-based petitions, we are humbly reminding God of what He already said. God cannot deny His word, and He will never run away from His word. Thus, He cannot turn away from His promises. As Charles Haddon Spurgeon writes, quote, God's purposes are settled, and He needs nothing to bind Him to His design of doing His people good. He gives the promise for our strengthening and comfort. Hence, He wishes us to plead it and say to Him, Thou saidest. End quote. If you need some examples of specific promises that God has made, I will provide you with three to get you started. If you have a material need, consider using Psalm 37.25, which says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. If you need sufficient grace to do more, consider 2 Corinthians 9.8, which says, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. If you need confidence to stand firm and fight fear, consider Isaiah 43.1, which says, But now, thus says the Lord, your Creator, O Jacob, and He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. The second point to make is that the type of prayer that God hears is made audible by our great High Priest, Jesus Christ. 
take note that the promise Jacob reiterates in Genesis 32:12 was not made to Jacob. When Jacob says, And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, Jacob was rehearsing a promise made to Abraham, Jacob's grandfather. How this applies in modernity is simple. The elect who are in Christ are the spiritual seeds of Abraham. So, even though many good promises are not made directly to us, God did make these promises to His only begotten Son, Christ. Jesus has removed all barriers separating us from the Father. By Christ's atoning sacrifice, He has bought all of God's promises with His blood and secured them for those who believe in Him. So, just as Jacob prayed for God to hear him based on his mercy, we can now pray with confidence, knowing it is not we who are interceding for us, but Christ. When we are in Christ, we are no longer strangers to God but his children, and he delights to hear the cries of those who are his. Finally, the third point is that the type of prayer that God hears does his people good. In the promise that Jacob rehearsed, God had said, I will surely do thee good. God intends for His people to receive divine, heavenly good of the highest quality, not just so that we can receive the good, but also share that good and bless others with it. He intends for us to be good so that we can do good works, be good neighbors, and show a world filled with darkness just how good the light is. And when God does us good, it always exceeds our expectations. In eternity, God will ultimately do us the best good and bring us into eternal fellowship with Him. Indeed, in the narrative of Jacob and Esau, things certainly did come together for good for Jacob. He was a man whose prayers were effectual because he realized the power of prayer and he also understood the type of prayer that God hears. That type of prayer seeks to glorify God and to make known His excellence that when the Lord hears, He not only hears but answers and then acts. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.